If you watch the news, you've heard a lot about Turkey over the last couple of months. First, there was an airport bombing, then a coup attempt, and then the government responded with a fierce crackdown on dissent. And in this environment, our brothers and sisters need prayer for protection. For example, in the Turkish city of Kars. There is only one Christian in whole city. He needs protection. He needs safety. We are trying to visit some of the Christians, but they're very alone. This is Brother Gokhan. He looks at the situation in Turkey and knows that true change won't come about by the government or the military or any human means. You can pray God will raise our nation by the power of gospel. We need an awakening and we need a change. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and uh, just a few weeks back, I was in the nation of Turkey. I had the chance to meet with believers there. Today, I'm in our studio in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, but I'm sitting here with one of our Turkish brothers uh, who has come to share with us about the nation of Turkey, about what God is doing there. Brother Gokhan is uh, a member of the staff at Sat7 Turk, which is part of the Sat7 family of satellite gospel broadcasters across the Middle East. His focus is on the Turkish language broadcast. Brother Gokhan, welcome to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you very much, Todd. You know, a lot has happened in Turkey. Even since I was there, there was a an airport bombing. There was a coup attempt. A lot has changed. What does this mean for our brothers and sisters uh, and for the church there in light of everything that's going on? Two churches have been attacked after the coup attempt by the government supporters because most of the Turkish people think the Western governments in the behind of this disaster in Turkey, and most of them are blaming the Western people and the Christians uh, in Turkey. So the, the people on the street or, or the people who support the government saw the coup attempt as coming from the West or being motivated by the West. Of course they think that. And they identify Christians as being linked to the West. They basically see Christianity as a Western religion. Yes, and they are thinking we are supporting the special, the American government, American state, and they are thinking we are spies, we are enemy of states. This is a normal manipulation over the Turkish Christians. But now it will be a real risk uh, after the coup attempt. So, so the risk for the Christians is greater now than it was three months ago? I believe that, yes. Okay. How are Muslims responding to this? Uh, some of our Muslim neighbors are trying to protect us. After the church attack in Trabzon, uh, some of the neighbors are fixing the glasses. and wow. Yeah, they push the attackers back, and they are trying to protect the church, but 
This is, this is a very smallest group in the Turkish cities. Most of the Muslim people thinks our converting is a, a potential danger for their culture and their children's future. And this, effect, this is affecting us badly. I want to talk a little bit about Malatya because I know you were there and you knew the three brothers who were mm-hmm. killed. We have actually had Shamsa Najati's widow, yeah. as a guest here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Mm-hmm. Tell me about those three guys because you knew them, you worship with yeah. them, you fellowship with them. Yeah. Tell me about them. They were men of God. This is the first opinion in my head about them. Especially, we served with Ur in the east part of Turkey, uh, Tunjeli, Diyarbakir, some near cities to Malatya. And we evangelized in that area together. And it was a very precious one to me because Ur was a very humble man. And he was very poor. Some days he couldn't find food. Some days he couldn't find shelter, and he never complained. Wow. Yeah, never. And I remember him as a hero of our faith, and Nejati and Tilman, same. Nejati was a great pastor. He was a real shepherd for his family church, and Tilman, too. As a German Minister Tilman is very different to me. I, we always had problems about <laughs> church uh, organizations, but I learned a lot of things from him. And it was a joyful serving time with them to me. Now, as I understand it, you actually were one of the first people at the office of the publishing house on the morning that they were attacked. Yeah, I was the, one of the targets, actually. Uh-huh. A guy told me uh, to my face, hey, fat boy, I missed you. I will kill you if I take an opportunity. Wow. I said, okay, I'm here. So if we go back to right after the killings, Mm -hmm. did you feel like, God, how could you let this happen? How how could you allow my three brothers, Mm -hmm. who are such great guys and pillars in the church, how could you let them be killed? Or did you just kind of understand that that this was a part of God's plan? Firstly, we are living in the Middle East. This is our reality. I believe a religion or an ideology never growing without sacrificing. And we always believe we need to be sacrificed people uh, in Turkey if you if we want the sharing gospel and and experiencing his growing in our country. And uh, we always know there is a potential risk for Turkish Christians. This is not a surprise or shocking for us. But when you experiencing a massacre a persecution very nearly. It's affecting your whole life. Just after the massacre, I, I asked God, what is that? What what does mean? I'm still trying to find the mean of this massacre mm-hmm. because I saw a lot of horrible things. I saw my brothers in blood 
but I know there is a reason. There is a reason. In our lives, in a, in a Christian life, everything being with a reason. And we need to follow this reason. The reason is Jesus. He died for us. And if necessary, we will, we will die for him. Had you and Najati or Ur or Tillman talked about the risk? Is that something in your church? And like when you went out to minister with Ur, did you guys talk about, well, you know, what if somebody beats us up? What if somebody attacks us? What are we going to do? Yeah. Was that something that you, you talked about? In yes, of course. Before one week, before, before the massacre, and uh, Ur told me there will be a very huge change for Turkish churches very soon. Wow. He said, yes. I asked him, what do you mean that? He said, I don't know, but there will be. Wow. And that gives me chills. <laughs> a week before he was killed. Yes, yes. He said, there's, there's going to be a big change for yes, the Turkish church. Yeah. We wow. just talked in a youth group meeting. After the meeting, we are just getting a conversation. And he said, there will be a big change. There will be a big hammer, actually, he said. So did you think about that after after the massacre? Did you think, yes, you know, he kind of had thought, a sense that something was coming? I thought a lot. Wow. This is a kind of prophecy, maybe, or Ur's wisdom. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's a very wise man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting to me, and I think of what you said, that, that sacrifice is a part of following Christ. Yeah. In the Turkish church, it's just a part of it. How do you... How do you get ready for that when when you when you are a new Christian or even as you're growing in your faith? How do you kind of set your mind and set your heart that I'm going to have to sacrifice and and I'm willing to do that? You couldn't be, in my opinion. You can't be ready. No, you just can depends on Holy Spirit's power, and this is not about preparing, and this is about believing actually. If you growing in faith, if you if you are joining a church and getting a good connection with your brothers and sisters, you are strengthening each other and we are supporting each other. This is a this is a regular life for Turkish Christians. And you are not getting preparing for a persecution or sacrificing. It's happening. You know the risk. You know the potential of our enemies. Enemies mean, <laughs> enemies mean as spiritually, not uh-huh. uh, physically. Or right. I'm not talking about my neighbors or friends. People who are opposed to the church. Yes, yeah. yes. And I don't know how, but you naturally know you need to be ready because of atmosphere. What is your work for Sat7 Turk? What is the, the goal of Sat7 Turk? What is their ministry about? I am the broadcasting manager in Sat7 Turk. I started to work for them five years ago. Now we are broadcasting on Turksat, and this is kind of miracle. And now we have a streaming in another platform in Turkey, DSmart. It's a very famous digital platform. And now as a Turkish Christian TV, we have two different platforms. Uh, to broadcast. So 
the the Turksat is kind of the national satellite. Yes, the, the government the government based its satellite platform. So basically, anyone in Turkey who has a satellite dish can access Sat Seven Turk. Yes, indeed. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh, something to add to our prayer list for our listeners that. Uh, Turkish people will be flipping the channels, will be attracted to something on Sat7 Turk, hear and, the gospel message, and uh, and have their lives changed. So that's pretty exciting. And also online, you have access, right? Yes, okay. as online, and we have some mobile applications and satellite. What is the response of the viewers? Do, do you get—I'm uh, I, I, sure you get viewers who love you and are so thankful for the message— do you also get viewers who call in and say, hey, you better stop? Yes. <laughs> Sometimes they are swearing to us. And uh, this is, yeah, it's, it's okay. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I don't Actually, think, I, I don't think most of our <laughs> listeners would get a threatening phone call and say, "Oh yeah, that's okay. That's, you know, don't worry about that." Yeah, yeah, uh, because we are we, we can understand the difference a uh, real treatment or not. Uh, sometimes they want to be relaxed uh, by severing us, <laughs> <laughs> and some of them they just, they just want to blow off steam by calling yeah. up and swearing at you on the phone. And the other ministry of mine, the Miras publication, is in very important and this is because the miras means inheritance and we are trying to remember turkish people there is an inheritance of christians very deep inheritance in turkey and uh, our magazine is sharing this inheritance and the gospel from four years and i am the founder of this magazine minister this publishing ministry and when you talk about a deep spiritual heritage I mean, literally, we're going back to the first churches, yeah. uh, the seven churches in the book of Revelation, all are in modern-day Turkey. There is a great Christian heritage in that nation. What is the response of, of Turkish Muslims when you say, this was a great Christian country once, look at all the Christian churches that were here? Yeah, they accept that, but they said we conquered it's over. <laughs> that was then, this is now. So they would say, sure, there was a Christians here, yeah. but then Islam is the superior religion. It came in mm -hmm. and the Christians went away. Yes, but they mostly will say you, if you ask them, the Christians are our friends. We are cousins. We are believing same God, they said. They said. Yeah. Uh, and we don't have any trouble with the Christians. Why are you asking to me? There is no problem. There is no any obstacles to be a Christian in Turkey, but this is a lie. As we've seen, yes, as we've discussed. Yes. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother Gokhan. He is the broadcast manager for Sat7 Turk, Christian broadcasting across the nation of Turkey. How do you reach out to Muslims in Turkey? What What's the kind of the methodology that you use or or what message do you use to try to attract them mm -hmm. to the gospel? I'm doing the media ministries and I believe the media ministries are the, the best way to reach people in Turkey, especially in this digital age. Mm -hmm. And you can use mobile applications, internet, magazines, hardcover magazines, or television channels, radios. 
And there are a lot of opportunities to reach Turkish people, not only in Turkey, but Europe and some Turkish-speaking areas. And I'm mostly using this media ministry ways to reach people, like Miras magazine. We already reach almost 50,000 people wow. till now. Yeah. Wow. And we are just publishing 10,000 copies mm-hmm. bi-monthly. But every issue of the magazine affecting four people at least. And not, not now it's growing very fast. TV channel, same. But some areas requesting missionaries. Mm-hmm. This is important. You cannot reach by these technical ways to some areas, but you need to be with it. What kind every, of programming? Every kind of programs okay. we are broadcasting. Documentaries, movies, uh, preaching, church services. Kids programs are very important, actually. Yeah. And I know Jesus, He Lived Among Us, the film that Voice of the Martyrs did. I know yes. Sat7 Turk has broadcast that. Yes, we are broadcasting that. So that is a, a part of—it's an animated telling of the story of Jesus. Could be considered a kids program, but I think people of any age can can watch it. Brother Gokhan, if if my neighbor is a Muslim, how would you advise me to to minister to him and, and hopefully witness to him and bring him to Christ? I advised you need to be build an a real relationship. Some of the Christians are making a mistake. Uh, people are not projects. People are people. Uh, (laughs) People are not projects. People are people. That is great advice, not just for witnessing to Muslims. That's good advice for witnessing to everyone. Yeah, we can make a real relationship with Muslims. There are people there. Some of them are very humble and good people. Some of them are very good neighbors. And I get a lot of help from from my neighbors, my Muslim neighbors. And they are protecting me. They are taking care of my son. And the real relationship is a key. And I think once you have that relationship, it seems to me that most Muslim people are not turned off by spiritual conversations, by asking them, what do you think about this? What do you believe about this? In Muslim culture, that's a very comfortable conversation. Yes, yes. Uh, we're very uh, similar to talk about the spiritual concepts. And most of the Muslims are not very radicals, actually. I know uh, it seems uh, very close and dark uh, when you see from the West to the Middle East and other Eastern countries. But uh, mostly we had a normal lives. We are, we are going to cafes and getting some foods, and we are going around the streets and swimming, running, <laughs> watching movies. Our life is not a, like a Hollywood movie <laughs> yeah. ruled by Matt Damon. Well, and or... <laughs> even, even when you said that the churches were attacked, it was the Muslim neighbors that stepped in and said, no, 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 don't attack the church, and, and helped yes. to repair it afterwards. So. That's a really important point because we do sometimes kind of simplify it down to think, well, all Muslims are radicals. All Muslims, you know, believe in terrorism. Most of them don't. 
Yeah. Most of them are we people need, just yeah. like us who want to raise their kids and, and raise their families and have a good job and have a good life. Yeah. An example, my family don't know about anything uh, about Islam, actually. <laughs> they are Muslims, but they don't know about the religion. And they never read the Quran. They just identify themselves as, well, of course, we are Muslim, we are Turks, <laughs> as you mentioned before. <laughs> what else would we be? Yeah, we need to separate Islam and the Muslims. I know this is weird, <laughs> weird to say that, but it's necessary because most of the Muslims, especially in Turkey, don't know anything about their religion. They're just following their fathers. They're just following their imams or their big brothers. Mm -hmm. And when they meet uh, with a Christian, with, a, with an adult, a, a mature Christian, they know the difference. They see the difference. And they are starting to interest uh, with Bible and they are trying to learn more about Jesus. Uh, there, there are ways to reach them. How has your family responded to your faith, the, the fact that you're a Christian now? They don't care about me. and <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> I was a socialist before Christ. I was a communist, an atheist. I had a, a very dangerous life after, uh, before my military service. After came Jesus, I started to change. And my father said, this change is good, but is this take you to the death or <laughs> <laughs> you, will, you will have a normal life? I said, I don't know, but uh, I love Jesus. And he never uh, has a problem with my faith, but he always curious about my life, about my security. And they still do. <laughs> It's not changing. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother Gokhan from Turkey. Uh, brother, when I was with you in Turkey, you said something that, that really impacted me. You talked about your seven-year-old son, and you said, every day I send my son to a place where he's the only Christian. Yes. How, how do you do that as a dad, uh, knowing, obviously, there's— risk involved in that for him. But more importantly, I think spiritually, how do you help him, even at, at a very young age, understand you're going out among the Muslims, you're a Christian, uh, we're different from them, but we love them, we want to reach them. How do you, how do you raise up, even at, a like I say, a very young age, a, a child who's ready to go into that environment and stand strong in his faith? In the education system, there are some religious classes, and uh, they are teaching our children the, the Christianity is a fake religion, and Jesus is not died on cross. It was a different man. They teach them that the Prophet Muhammad is the only way to reach Allah and something like that. And my son is asking questions, of course. I need to follow him very often. I need to ask some questions daily. And uh, we are praying before sleeping. And when we are praying, uh, we ask God to protect our faith in everywhere. And my son, when my son 
saying that, it makes me cry because he's alone. I cannot protect him in the school. But thanks God, we are sending him a private school. And I talk with a manager of the school, told her uh, we don't want to get any religious class for our son. And now she's protecting my son individually, not officially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, in the fourth class, we cannot get him back uh, from the religious uh, classes. So at that point, it will be mandatory yes. that he take Islamic religious yeah. instruction, even we, though your family is, is not Muslim. Yeah. Brother Gokhan, as we finish up, we want to pray for Turkey. Uh, we want our listeners to pray for Turkey. How how can we pray? How should we pray? I know right now there's a lot going on in that country. There's mm-hmm. a lot of questions about the future for the church. How can we pray for your nation? You can pray. You and all brothers and sisters in USA can pray for our security as first, uh, security of our churches and our children, because the security is the major problem in our country right now. And uh, most of the Turkish Christians are alone in their cities. An example, in the Kars city, Kars is a city name, there is only one Christian wow. in the whole city. <laughs> wow. And he needs protection. Mm-hmm. He needs safety. Uh, we are trying to visit some of the Christians, but they're very alone. You can pray, God will raise our nation by the power of gospel. We need an awakening and we need a change. But the, in the current situation, we need wisdom. There is a two part now in the country, two parts. We don't need to be involved in, in this politics. And some of the Christians are in, involved. And uh, we need wisdom. And we need your supports and encouragement uh, for keep going on uh, to sharing gospel. Most of the ministries are in very poor situation as economically, as, a, as, as physically. And most of them don't have any good facilities to reach people. Like my magazine, we don't have an office. And in Satsavan Turk, we don't have good equipments to to get more uh, resources uh, from different parts of the country. And most of the churches are need your supports and encouragements. And yeah, you can pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> we will, especially, and I think of praying for your son as well as he goes to school each day. That just really impacted me. The the thought of him being the only Christian in his whole school, uh, dealing with the challenges that he faces. So we will encourage people to pray for your family. And I would, uh, you mentioned an awakening. We pray for an awakening in Turkey. I would ask our Turkish brothers and sisters, we need an awakening here in the United (laughs) States as well. So please pray for us as well. Gokhan, thank you so much for your ministry. Thank you for your courage and your faithfulness. And thanks for being willing to share with us this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you for your hospitality and inviting me. 
You've been listening to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. You can hear every episode of VOM Radio at vomradio.net. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play Music. We'll give you links there at vomradio.net. Thank you very much for being with us this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Brother Sion is a gospel worker in Southeast Asia in an area where many believers are jailed for their faith. When they look to Jesus, they have the strength to love those who are persecuting them. Forgive them. Don't talk bad to them. You have to willing to face this if you will follow Jesus. Come back next week to hear more from Brother Sion right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Hi, this is Todd Nettleton from Voice of the Martyrs Radio, and I have a special message today for those of you who are listening digitally to VOM Radio. Mainly, I just want to say thank you. You guys have been loyal listeners. You have helped us get attention and notice and reach more people with the message of our persecuted brothers and sisters. Earlier this summer, we actually hit number one on the iTunes Religion and Spirituality podcast chart. Really an amazing thing. I was hoping at some point this year we might climb into the top 100, and we hit number one. That's because people like you are listening. You're sharing it with your Christian friends. You're telling them to listen as well. I I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being a part. Thank you for listening. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't, uh, share it with your friends Post something on social media, post it to your Facebook page, say, hey, Christian friends, you guys should listen to the testimonies of our persecuted brothers and sisters on VOM Radio. Also, another thing you can do to help us out, go and rate us, give us five stars, post a comment about how you're blessed by the episodes. That's one of the things that factors into the chart rankings uh, on iTunes and on other services as well. So I just want to encourage you, keep listening. We'd love to hear your feedback and your comments. You can always contact me at radio at vom.org. Just uh, send me an email, or if you want to tweet and use the hashtag VOMRadio, I will see it. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for praying for our persecuted brothers and sisters. I hope you were blessed by Gokhan's testimony this week and uh, just his passion to serve the Lord, no matter what it costs. Those are the kind of stories that I love to tell, and I hope they're a blessing and an encouragement to you. So thank you for listening, and uh, I'd love to hear from you. Have a great week.